Chapter 5 Nadir, Knife-Fighting Chick from Outer Space Kaya and I floated around doing nothing for a while, which was really boring. So here's what Janaya said Dad was up to. It must have been his skill for infinite patience that allowed Janus Alatus to survive his time with me, as I was quite tickled. It's the balance! <laughs> it's, 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 it's the unity! It's the unity, I said in my newfound, undisciplined enlightenment. You understand that. You see. You are the seer. What did you say? When? asked Alatus. At, 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 at the treaty of... Uh, I was there. I was there. I was there. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. No. No, I heard it here. You were in jail. You are in jail. But no, you... But, but, but you said it there. Alatus quoted his own speech. The quick rewards of evil are a drug of great addiction. Yes! Yes, that's it! And then I quoted a man I'd never met or knew. Thus throwing off the balance of life, thus sending a spinning lost in the space of souls. You said that, man! You said that, and I was there! <laughs> As I reveled in a memory that I never had, Sir Alatus changed the subject. Janiah. Hmm? When you first saw me, you said I was her father. What did you mean? Uh, Nadir, your daughter. I thought that was common knowledge. You know her? Everyone knows your daughter. She's an angel. A, a great woman who did great things. She has a bright future, then? I looked to my cellmate. Both of us condemned in our own separate ways. Brighter than yours. Yes, well... That's not too hard to see. The diplomat, facing the end of his time, asked aloud what every dying father has wondered. Will she be happy? I couldn't say. <laughs> I can see possible futures, but uh, not inside people's hearts. I wish I could be there for her. I was there. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, I could have been. <laughs> I could have been there. I could have been there. I could have been there. If my life was different, I could have been there. You can still be there. No, 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 no. I'm out of balance. The evil, the, <laughs> the wrong that I've done. And forgiveness? Forgiveness? I searched the lives I'd never led. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is trust and hope. You, you said that. Absolution is my future. About that time, a crewman arrived to invite Sir Alatus to join the captain for dinner. I still babbled. <laughs> but who will forgive me? Where can I find it? I will absolve you, said Alatus, if you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Some people say this story is a myth, that it never happened. I say different. Dad knew his mythology back to front. He knew that all peacemakers seek clemency from the common people. By asking for Janiah's pardon, before the crew no less, Dad ensured that his story would echo throughout the ship. In fact, it has resonated throughout the galaxy. I finally slept. Could have been for minutes, could have been for days. I'm not sure. One good thing about Zero-G... You'll never find a more comfortable mattress.
Hovering outside of my room in a covered tray was breakfast, or dinner, or lunch. I don't know. A note taped to it read, eat me. Then, in parentheses under that, even if you're feeling sick. I opened the tray and ate what I could catch. Turns out you get one stab at your food on a plate in the zero-G. After that, it flies out from under, and your food runs for the hills. I could have sworn it was alive as I chased after the bits. By the time I got down enough to count as a meal, I was so motion sick that it nearly came up again. Luckily, the tiny room meant I could steady myself in the corner with a hand on each wall and wait for the sickness to pass. When it did, I pushed and pulled myself along the walls to the deck, careful to stay as upright as I could. The ship was clean. The bales of cotton had been stowed. The debris from the battle was gone. So was Kaya. Nothing moved. There wasn't a sound. The pink and purple light from the star nursery made it feel like night, though the idea of day and night didn't make sense in space. I floated around looking for Kaya, but she was nowhere to be seen. I even tried asking, Ship, could you open the closet? But I got no response. On my way to the bridge, I missed a handrail and went tumbling. Still in my Victalia-site clothes, I was once again a ball of fabric. My backside bumped against the ceiling. I think it was the ceiling, as I drifted slightly down again. But not far enough. I was stuck in a slow tumble. I didn't want to call for help. I figured Kaya was asleep. Why wake her when I had seen her flip herself around from a standing start? If I could just... see... Then it was my hair in the way. When it wasn't my hair, it was my clothes. When I did finally reach the floor, I bounced off the bottom and missed my chance to get a hold of anything. Suddenly, I felt someone grab my ankle. I yelped, thinking a pirate had snuck on board. I wasn't far wrong, as Kaya pulled me down. Her face startled me. She wasn't fully awake and didn't look too happy about it. Her golden brown hair suspended around her half-closed eyes. Unlike mine, Kaya's hair stayed clear of her face, moving in unison as if she controlled it. She ditched her pressure suit for a t-shirt that said something in a language I didn't know. It danced around her body so loosely that I thought it might drift completely off. She looked at me like I was an intruder, and I worried that she might kill me in her sleep. Instead, she grabbed my collar with both fists and ripped my dress completely off my body in one long tear. This left me in just my Victalia-site underwear, which is to say a skin-tight black bodysuit. Kaya tossed the dress, spun me around, tied my hair in a ponytail, picked me up like a javelin, and threw me toward the steps. Get some sleep. I was halfway to my closet when I noticed I needed to hit the head. That's use the toilet for those who haven't sailed in space. But I had no idea where it was. As quietly as I could, I looked into the rooms on the same hall as mine, each one was full of different types of exotic stuff. All of it was stowed securely, so I couldn't exactly make out what any of it was. But most appeared to be samples of goods from planets all over the galaxy. Only one of the rooms was empty. I came out of the last one to be startled by Kaya yet again. She was hovering at the other end of the hall, watching me. Restroom? I asked. Kaya pointed to the empty one. I pulled myself down there and looked in again, thinking I'd missed something. Nope, nothing there except for a tube with a diameter about as big as my wrist, and long enough to reach from corner to corner. It had a scoop kind of opening on the end of it. 
Kaye came in and pressed a button next to where the tube attached to the wall. There was a sound of powerful suction. Will this work for your, uh... Kaya gestured up and down my body in an uncertain manner. Plumbing? Gross! But before I could come up with a polite answer, Kaya said, If not, just fill the air and vacuum it up. Really gross. As Kaya glided her way back to bed, I heard her mumble to herself, Okay, Derek, you've made your point. I managed the rest of my bathroom adventure fine by myself. Thank you very much. The next day, if you could call it that, I showed Kaya the clothes I brought with me. We were looking for something in the weightless, casual vein. In truth, we were just looking for something to do. A zero-G fashion show was as good as anything else. Kaya didn't say anything as I showed her piece after piece. She would humph every now and then or get a look on her face like, You're kidding, right? Hey, I'm not real happy with these clothes either. But this is the kind of stuff they wear in Victalus. Kaya said, follow me, and she flew down the hall. I had gotten so upset I drifted off the floor a little. It took me a second to get out of my room. Kaya had already disappeared, so I headed off to her last known course, which led me to beautiful wooden double doors. Where a little portal to the crew area looked like a troll's front gate. This one belonged in the palace. Behind those double doors might live a princess or a wise old king. I pushed through the doors to find Kaya hanging in the middle of another world. She was looking out of a paned glass window that took up the full stern of the ship, from deck to keel, port to starboard. The floor of each level ended an arm's length from the giant window. There was a rail along the edge, but in zero-g it was possible to fly from one story to the next through the gap. Outside, the star nursery swirled, washing us in waves of soft color. Her room was designed for rugged luxury. I felt like I'd been transported to a royal hunting lodge somewhere. She'd filled it up with stuff from all over the galaxy. Some of it was tough and deadly looking. Weapons, I think. Some was rich and extravagant. Some was downright girly. The collection left me more confused about who I was living with than ever before. Her four-poster bed was big, warm, and furry made of rich wood that still looked like the tree from which it came. She'd left it tossed with unmade sheets and a big animal skin blanket, all of which danced just above the mattress. It had a primitive feel about it. In contrast, over the pillars draped a shimmering fabric that absorbed the light from the star nursery and gave it back as soft pastels, like it was welcoming me to Kaya's world. She was staring out at the clouds, she hadn't acknowledged my entrance into the room, but spoke to herself in a way that invited my eavesdropping. I do love it here. It was the first thing she said that didn't scare me. Then she snapped out of her reverie. Come here. Easier said than done. I was still getting used to the fact that swimming did absolutely no good in the weightless world. As I struggled, Kaya gave me a lesson. From what can you get energy? To what can you give it? Huh? Words were not going to get me across the room either. You can get energy from pushing off a wall, pulling on a rail, or if you're really good, you can whip your body around to sling you in the right direction. While I twisted, groped, and wiggled, she talked about reading energy, vectors, and relative masses. I got top marks in grade school physics as a student, but out here in space, Kaya made me feel like I was hearing it for the first time. When I finally made it over to her, she said, Try this, and whipped around backwards in a layout position like a diver, 
When she was upside down, she stopped spinning, grabbed the edge of the floor below, and pulled herself to the lower level. I hollered down at her. <laughs> yeah, right. You might as well have me fly the ship. That's next, she shouted back, and I wondered if she was kidding. So I gave it a try. I whipped my legs up and arched my back like she did. My feet went over my head okay, but I was off toward the ceiling. When I brought them back down, I ended up spinning uncontrollably. Finally, I hit the ceiling and grabbed on for dear life. At least you moved. Now, dive on down here. I was getting the hang of pushing off, so I was down the lower level with Kaya in a heartbeat. This was the captain's personal hold, or a giant junk closet. Take your pick. There was one of just about everything you can imagine in here. Shelves and shelves of stuff, each one closed off with a net to keep its contents from flying away. A lot of it looked valuable, but most just seemed like knickknacks, stuff people might buy from a tourist shop during their vacation in space. It was pirate booty. People had died so that Kaya could fly around in a used souvenir ship. As if she'd read my mind, Kaya offered, most of this came with the ship. Most of it? Almost all of it. Almost? Yeah, almost, okay? I couldn't believe I was chastising a woman who could kill me on a whim and dump my body into the construction site of a future star. Look, I'm no saint. She took a second to get herself together. She'd fought Derek's entire crew with less effort than it took to talk about herself. I've had a rough go of it. When I first got out on my own. She paused for longer than was socially comfortable. I didn't help her. I didn't notice the actual change, but her hair was now a mousy brown and seemed to lay flat on her head and down her back. I'm not proud of who I was, but I'm not denying it either. I considered all of that and came to the only conclusion I could. Okay. I mean, who was I to judge? If Kaya hadn't been a skilled pirate, I'd be on my way to Aniria with my dad. She had expressed regret. She was trying to make her life better. Was it my job to punish her for her past crimes? Maybe. I don't know. But someone was going to have to give her a chance for her future. I might as well be that someone. Besides, I'd be dead without her. I'd be dead without the help of a woman I knew next to nothing about. How old were you when you got out on your own? I wasn't just making idle conversation. I was on my own now. At least until we got to Kasiri. I might need some advice. A little older than you, I guess. Really? What happened? Was your dad a peace-crazed diplomat with a fatal disease, too? No. He kicked me out. She glided up to the highest shelf to put out a box of clothes. I I'm sorry. I didn't mean... It's okay. I got the feeling it wasn't. It was a long time ago. Derek found me drifting in an escape pod. He wasn't a whole lot older than I was. But he had this ship, and he'd been raised by pirate crews. Say what you will about the man. He's a great captain. Taught me a lot. She handed me some kind of garment that had way too many arms for me. Try this. Why'd you leave him? Didn't want to be a pirate. Why not? You ask a lot of questions, little girl. Sorry. We rummaged through the stuff in silence for a while. Then she said, You'd have to live the life to understand. And believe me, you do not want to understand. The look she gave me put a chill down my spine. The complexity of emotions behind her eyes overwhelmed me. I couldn't imagine what it was doing to her. You're probably right. A wave of sadness came over me. 
I remembered the look in Mom's eyes when she and Dad first told me about their sickness. We didn't have to say anything. We held each other and cried. I'd gotten used to these surges of emotional memories. They were bad at first, but eventually would come and go with less intensity. As long as I kept myself busy, I would be okay. At least that's what I told myself. Still do, in fact. We both let the subject drop and got to the task of finding me some functional clothes. I ended up cutting the Victalis underwear down to about the middle of my thighs and up to my shoulders. I found a piece of fabric that I liked as a little wraparound skirt. Kaya suggested I put some pockets in that. Her sense of fashion leaned toward the practical side, but it was a good idea. We argued a bit about my top. Kaya didn't think I needed anything, since the cut-down bodysuit covered me. I disagreed. I want some color. I sounded like Mom. She had always complained that Victalis was a planet completely lacking in frivolity. Dad didn't mind that so much. He was a professor and a diplomat. His idea of a good time was a rousing discussion of mythology. Mom would have to remind him that those stories were made up for fun. They were meant to entertain. There were no intellectuals sitting around the campfire analyzing the deeper meaning of them as they were told. The stories were exciting tales of adventure and emotion made to get your blood pumping faster and your adrenaline up. Sometimes she'd jump on his lap and give him a big kiss when she was in that kind of mood, which would clear the room of any victalocytes. Too much sad stuff had happened to me since those times, so I wasn't in a playful mood. But I did want something... pretty. Kaya took the scissors that were floating next to her. Hang on, she said, and took off toward her room. Hey, no flying with scissors, I told her, but I don't think she got it. She came back a minute later with a piece of the fabric that hung atop her bed. It was so beautiful. It had a way of reflecting the light around it, but not like a shiny mirror. Softer, subtle, almost like it was expressing moods. Kaya held it out for me. Wrap this around your shoulders. I did. She pulled some slack in the back, which made a hood of sorts, then pinched two sides of the fabric together in front, just below my chin. When she let her fingers go, it held together. Cool. A cape. This will do almost anything you want it to. So you can wear it as a cape, a dress, a poncho. A poncho, really? No, that's not happening. Suit yourself. I looked at myself in a nearby mirror. The cape shimmered like mother of pearl. I need a belt. I have just the thing. Quick as a flash, she jetted up to her room, her hair blonding as she went. Call me crazy, but I think she was enjoying herself. She returned in an instant with the perfect little white belt and wrapped it around me. It was just what I needed. But as I adjusted it, I noticed a small sheath attached, with an accompanying knife. That kind of threw me. Kaya noticed. I can take that off. Do you think I need it? As a weapon? I had no idea. We were drifting in space, waiting for some salvage ship to find us, take us for dead, and drag us on board. If they didn't come soon, we wouldn't have to pretend to be dead. But if we got lucky, I might just need a weapon to fight my way out of some desperate situation. Maybe Kaya would teach me how to use it. I could be Nadir, knife-fighting chick from outer space. That was kind of a neat idea. For about two seconds. Then I reminded myself that this wasn't a fantasy, and that I didn't want to be in any kind of desperate situation. At least, no more than we were already in. None of that seemed to cross Kaya's mind, as she just chuckled a bit. 
Girl, you pull that knife as a weapon, and you're going to get it handed back to you, blade first. But you might need it as a tool. Who knows? But don't think for a second that's a weapon. Not in your hands. I was about to argue with her when the ship interrupted. Contact, bearing 29 by 79, range 2.5 orbits. I nearly jumped out of my skin from the intrusion, but Kaya took it in stride, except that her hair went from blonde to her regular shade of brown. Heading this way? Negative. Range is opening. She went into action. She pulled herself up toward the gap between the rooms and the window. Grab my feet. I just managed to get hold of her ankles as she flew over my head. Kaya snapped out orders. Ship, vent O2 at two liters per minute. Venting oxygen at two liters per minute. I. I was scared out of my mind riding the Kaya Zero-G roller coaster. She was pulling us both through her bedroom toward the floor above. Call out range to target every five seconds. Me? No, the ship. Target at 2.505 orbits. Kaya had us flying into what appeared to be her office, but I didn't have time to take in the sights. On my mark, fire Y-axis negative thrusters. Two microbursts, one second apart. Standing by. What are you doing? Playing wounded duck. Thrusters, fire. I, I don't like this game. The ceiling came down on us. Kaya didn't miss a beat. One little push of her hand and we were diving for the door. Target at 2.507 orbits. The problem with playing dead. She pulled us through the doorway at a crazy speed. Who's playing? Is that you're almost invisible. We were on the deck at last. Kaya grabbed the door sill under the bridge and swung herself up. When her feet whipped around like the end of a rope, I couldn't hang on any longer. I went tumbling toward the bow of the ship. Target at 2.509 orbits. You have to put out just enough energy to be seen, but not so much that you arouse suspicion. Kaya must have been talking to herself because I was well on my way to the far side of the ship. Then, like a kid whose only swimming lesson was to be tossed into deep water, I landed safely on my feet, without a bounce or a broken leg. Very cool. There. She had gotten a telescope from her command chair and was looking 29 degrees starboard and 79 degrees up. Where? What? I forgot we were looking for a ship. The star that's moving. They're all moving. Everything was moving. I was so dizzy. Nice landing. Thanks. I didn't think she'd noticed. It's a junker, all right. Derek must have sent them. Target at 2.511 orbits. I knew he didn't have the guts to let me die in peace. After all that excitement, we didn't do anything what seemed like forever, but was really... Target at 2.513 orbits. Just five seconds. It's not working. They're leaving. Kaya flew off the command deck and down toward her smuggler's closet. She jammed her pistol into its charger on the wall and said, That ought to do it. The little light went on. We waited for a couple of seconds. Target at 2.513 orbits. They stopped. Kaya looked through her telescope, but it wasn't entirely necessary. I saw the flash of their thump myself. Target at 2.0 orbits and closing. Here they come. She whipped her pistol out of the charger, pushed off the wall, and before I knew it, she had me in a tackle. We were diving toward the far wall. When Kaya flip-turned, landed on her feet, then shoved off toward the main mast. Give me your cape. What? Just do it. I took off my new cloak and gave it to Kaya as we landed on the mast. Kaya pulled us to the deck. Hug the mast. I had no idea what was happening, but it wasn't the time to ask questions. I hugged the mast as tight as I could. Kaya wrapped the glowing fabric over her back and sandwiched my body between her and the pole. You scared? Yes. Good. 
Don't move. Don't make a sound. My cape took on a life of its own. It began to grow, stretching from the deck to the top of Kaya's head and out to the tips of her fingers. When it didn't cover her pistol, Kaya brought her arm under the cover. The fabric was also changing colors to match the mast. Camouflage? Shh. Yes. Though the cloth was over my head and my face was smashed between the mast and Kaya's chest, I could see through the garment as if it were a veil, enough to catch a glimpse of the alien ship. It was twice as big as ours and glowing as it got closer, which it did at lightning speed. As it approached, it unfurled a capture bay. We were being swallowed. Gravity took a hold of us, and I got a whole new kind of motion sickness. Kaya adjusted her grip on her pistol. We're in the belly of the beast.